The playoffs are here. High school football at its finest. Man, so pumped. I love the playoffs. And it seems like it comes so fast. Nine weeks of high school football. It's like you snapped and it was over. Like, hey, we're good. Let's go to the playoffs. That's kind of what happened this season. But it's cool. Like I said, football at its finest. And it is a fantastic time of the year. As we have tons of local teams in the playoffs. We had them ranked. It just has been a fantastic season. We will go over the Week 9 scores and the IHSA brackets. In honor of playoffs, two days away, we have three voices in four chats. All Princeton. The 9-0 number one seed in Class 3A North bracket have a tough road. I mean, it's, it's packed. Like, there's so many good teams in this 3A North bracket. Princeton's got it ahead of them. They have a chance to win a state title, but it is going to be tough. Very, very, very tough. We talked to star senior quarterback Tegan Davis before week nine. We don't really talk much about week nine. We break down the season, talk playoffs, everything else. Then we have Ryan Pearson before week nine and then spoke to him yesterday about the playoffs. But the first round matchup against number 16 Piatone, as like I said, the Tigers are a number one seed. Today is October 26th, a Wednesday. So talk to him. Actually, we talked to him today. Man, I'm getting all these interviews and everything I'm doing all mixed up. We actually talked to Pearson today, just a few hours ago. So we have that ready to go. And one of our sponsors, Mendota Ford. We always have Ski Hartman. In the bag, anytime we want to talk to him, he's always down to join. He speaks with us about the Minnesota Vikings, that's his favorite NFL team, the Princeton Tigers, he's lived in Princeton since he was five years old, and Chase Sexton, the Lamoille native who now lives in Florida and is tearing it up in the motocross, supercross scene. He's been doing some big things. And of course, Ski Hartman, who has been in motorcycles for over 20 years, has been following him talking to him, meeting with him. So we spoke to him about all those things and more. That is what we have for this loaded, action-packed episode of Edge of Your Seat Podcast. We are in episode 241. I'm your host, Brandon Lachance. You can find all the previous 240 episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and the website, www.rss.com backslash podcasts that's with an s backslash edge of your seat podcast facebook edge of your seat podcast twitter edge of your seat p on all of the aforementioned sites that i just said please like five star review all of that is very important for people to see what we're doing and get more of the word out there i try my best by myself but i could always use a helping hand And we love and appreciate all the support. If you have any questions, suggestions, you want to be a guest, you know somebody that would be a good guest, you like or dislike something I or a guest said, please email edgeofyourseatpodcast at gmail.com. And of course, the shout out to Brian Cavelli of Cavelli Productions, the mastermind behind the intro and outro beats. This show is brought to you by Mendota Ford a community dealership that is here for you. But hey, that's not all we have. We have a ton more. Boy soccer, 
girls tennis, volleyball, all in the postseason, or in the terms of the girls tennis, it's a wrap. But we got to talk postseason of every sport. Fall has been amazing, and we have so many amazing athletes and coaches doing their thing. We will start with Class 1A boys soccer. We left off at sectional finals. Mendota played Quincy Notre Dame on Saturday, and for Mendota, they just could not keep up with a bigger, faster, stronger Quincy Notre Dame team as QND won 7-1. The Trojans end their season after reaching the sectional final for the second year in a row. Last year, they won, but lost the sectional final in a penalty kick thriller, and it's only the fourth time in school history that they've made it. So congrats to the Trojans. They have put soccer on the map. They have made that their sport. And I don't see any, any signs of them slowing down. Class 2A left at the regional finals in the Glenbard South subsectional B regional final. Sycamore defeated Kaland 3-1. Unfortunately, in the sectional semifinal, Sycamore lost to Lamont 6-0. In the Washington subsectional A, in the LP regional final, Streeter, the five seed, lost to number two, Orion, 2-1. In the subsectional B in Washington, regional final put Geneseo up against Sterling. Geneseo one seed, Sterling a six seed, and Geneseo goose egged Sterling 5-0. Geneseo is now playing number three, Morton, for a sectional semifinal tonight. Heading into tonight's action, Geneseo, the only soccer team we have left in a sectional semi. So, Maple Leafs, you have all our thoughts. Let's do this, man. The show is brought to you by Mendota Ford. Mendota Ford is a community dealership that is dedicated to being community first. A small dealership in a smaller town. The staff of General Manager Ski Hartman and his associate, Jason Hintz pride themselves in being here for you. They don't want to sell you one vehicle. They want to form a bond, a relationship, to get you every vehicle you want in cars, trucks, and SUVs for your friends and family. Ski has lived in Princeton since he was five and has been with Mendota Ford for two years. He has plenty of experience helping you with all of your vehicle needs as he has been in the motorcycle business for 20 years and over 10 years in car sales and management. Jason Hintz has been with Mendota Ford for seven years giving him the experience needed to help customers in every single way possible. You can purchase any vehicle off any lot in the Mendota Ford family. Ski and Jason will make sure they track it down and hand you the keys with a little jingle jangle. To check out the many options on the lot, Mendota Ford is located just south of Mendota on Highway 251. To look ahead or find a vehicle on another lot, check out www.mendotaford.com. Call 815-539-9314 for all vehicle inquiries with Mendota Ford. Let's move on to girls tennis. The state meet was Thursday, October 20th through Saturday, October 22nd. We'll start in 1A and we had some representatives from all over the place. Ottawa, LaSalle, Morris, Sycamore, Cole City, Geneseo kept it moving we had girls tennis players playing amazing tennis with the state meet starting on thursday that's where we'll start and we'll go with the singles we're gonna say our local competitors 
that won in Thursday's action. First round of the singles bracket. Morris's Gretchen Zarbach defeated Michaela Olamine of Morgan Park 6-4-6-2. LaSalle Peru's Carly Miller defeated Marta Fido from Woodstock 6-3-6-0. Elizabeth Kleckner of Sycamore won 6-1-6-1 against Ruthie Manor of Highland. Coal City's Abby Stiles beat Woodstock Marion's Madison Kenyon 4-6-6-2-10-5. On to the second round, and each one of those four winners did not win their second round matchup. This gets us to the consolation bracket. First round, Sycamore's Abby Golombuyeski defeated Mia Trudeau from Normal 6-0-4-6-10-8. Ottawa's Emma Cushing defeated Sterling's Ellie Atkin, 6-2-6-1. In the second round of the consolation bracket, Abby Styles of Cole City continues to win as she defeated CC Brown from Danville, 7-6-3-6-2. Sycamore's Ellie Golombieski, friend of Edge of Your Seat Podcast. She was on last year when Sycamore won the state championship. She defeated Gretchen Zarbach of Morris, who's somebody else we represent, 6-4-1-6-10-3. In the third round of the consolation bracket, Abby Styles defeated Benton's Edry Tong, 6-1-6-2. Shout out to Abby. Shout out to everybody in singles in 1A. In the doubles championship bracket, Sycamore's Madison Block and Becca Allen defeated Champagne Central's Mary Claire O'Gorman and Candice Willand, 6-3-7-6-2. Also, Ottawa's Jenna Smithmeyer and Riley O'Fallon defeated Rockford Boylan's Elizabeth Fitzgerald and Elise Pecora, 6-1-6-0. The Sycamore and Ottawa team were not able to win their second round matchup. So we go back to consolations. The first round, LaSalle Peru's Ava Lannan and Amelia Heckenberger Defeated Glenwood's Elise Desterio and Julia Kagan, 7-5-6-3. Dixon's Grace Ferguson and Leah Kroll defeated Nazareth's Deanna Anios and Macaulay Hardy, 6-4-2-6-12-10. In the second round of the consolation bracket for doubles, Dixon's Ferguson and Kroll defeated Prairie Ridge's Alina Cisak and Megan Clark, 6-4-6-1. The Sycamore duo of Block and Allen defeated Prairie Ridge, Prairie Ridge was all over the place, but defeated Prairie Ridge's Madeline Bartmas and Kelsey Collins, 6-3-6-4. The Ottawa duo of Smith-Meyer and O'Fallon defeated Burlington Central Catholics Lauren M. and Anna Claire Keller, 6-4-5-7-10-1. The third round of the consolation bracket, Smith Meyer and O'Fallon from Ottawa defeated Richard Countries, Abigail Atwood, and Grace Bergner, 4-6-6-4-10-8. Ferguson and Cole from Dixon then defeated Metamoras, Carly Edwards, and Brianna Bessert, 6-1-6-4. Even though it couldn't win the second round of the championship match, we had a lot of awesome victories afterwards from Ottawa, Dixon, and Sycamore. The winners of the whole state competition were Lily Brecknock from Fenwick, and the doubles team was Addison Lanton 
and Noelle Lanton from Elgin Academy. Shout out to them. Shout out to all of our girls, our fantastic tennis players that we cover. Did a great job. I mean, tennis is so tough, especially trying to advance in the postseason. 1A, 2A, and there are some monster tennis schools from the Burbs that you have to play to get there. And they're playing since they're two years old. So you have your work cut out for you, and, you know, we did our thing. Illinois Valley, North Central side of Illinois did their thing. With that said, let's get to the team score, see how many points we're able to rack up. Fenwick, which is in Oak Park, won with 39. Sycamore tied for 16th with 7. Ottawa tied for 22nd with 5. Cole City tied for 28th with 4. Dixon with 3 points. And LaSalle Peru with 3 points tied for 36. And Morris had 2 points to tie for 44. In Class 2A, we did not have any representatives. And the state champs in singles was Sarah Wang from Stevenson and the doubles team of Isabel Chong and Lanny O'Dell from Hinsdale North helped Hinsdale North take the state team title with 32 points. Again, congratulations to tennis players. You have all my respect in the world. I cannot do what you do. There are pizza joints in almost every village, town, or city we talk about or represent on Edge of Your Seat Podcast. Deep dish, thin crust, in-between crust, meats, veggies, cheese, the works. Each of them have all the options we're used to, except Aniga Pizzeria Napolitana. The pizzeria located at 215 Jefferson Street, that's 215, in Ottawa is different than the norm. Aniga, meaning fiery in Italian, is exactly what you get as a traditional wood-fired oven Napolitan pizza is topped with their fresh in-house mozzarella and San Marzano tomatoes. I love saying that nice and slow and smooth, so you just can taste them. The meats are also delicious. The veggies are fresh, petitely cut. Add in-house lemonade, drinks, and other food items unlike other menus, including dessert options. And it's a dining experience unlike any other. We've only spoken about half of the event known as a night out at an exquisite establishment. Food. But what about the environment? Elegant. Sleek. Refined. Fresh, new, and if it's 2022, we're in full of drip. Kind of defines Aniga Pizzeria Napolitana, but only you can find the right adjective to fit your experience. Aniga is open Monday, Thursday, and Friday, 4 to 9 p.m. Saturday from noon to 9 p.m. Sunday, noon to 8 p.m. And closed on Tuesday and Wednesday. Call 815 324-9229 for carryout, delivery, or to book a reservation. Volleyball Regionals began Monday, October 24th, just two days ago. We'll start with Class 1A at the Wasiga Regional, which is in the Chicago St. Francis DeSales Subsectional A. If you don't understand what we're talking about, you got to say a lot of words sometimes. So, in the subsectional... There's two regionals, and in this one, Wasaka. At a quarterfinal, number eight, Gardner South Wilmington defeated number 10, Dwight. In the semifinal, Gardner South Wilmington will play number one, Milford Cisna Park tonight. And then the regional final will be at 6 p.m. on Thursday. In the 1A Brimfield subsectional A, the Roanoke Benson Regional, 
in a quarterfinal. Number 10, Roanoke Benson fell to number 6, Lexington. Also in another quarterfinal, number 5, Flanagan Cornell Woodland defeated number 12, Low Point Washburn. FCW is now to face number 4, Brimfield, in a semifinal tonight. In a Weathersfield Regional in the Brimfield Subsectional B, in a semifinal, number 2, Weathersfield, defeated number 8, Peoria Christian. This means the Titans will face number 3, Williamsfield, Thursday for a regional final. In a quarterfinal, also at the Weathersfield Regional, number 7, Midland, lost to number 11, Peoria Heights. At the Class 1A Forston Subsection A, in a quarterfinal, number 10, Amboy, defeated number 11, Cambridge. This puts the Clippers against number 1, Anawan, in a semifinal tonight. In a quarterfinal, number 13, Lamoille, lost to number 4, Forston. At the Aurora Christian Regional, in a quarterfinal, number 15, Leland, upset number 2, Yorkville Christian. Also in a quarterfinal, number 10, Hinkley Big Rock, dropped their match to number 9, Aurora Christian. Leland will play Aurora Christian tonight in a semifinal. In another quarterfinal at the Aurora Christian Regional, number 3, Marquette, defeated number 14, Mooseheart. And then number 5, IC, Indian Creek, beat number 13, Salmonock. This sets up a semifinal tonight between Marquette and Indian Creek. The winner will play the winner of Leland and Aurora Christian in the regional final. In the Forreston subsectional B, the St. Bede Regional. Three quarterfinal matchups. Number 8, Putnam County beat number 7, Earlville. Number 12, St. Bede, the Lady Bruins, the host, upset number 4, Streeter Woodland. And another upset, number 11, Henry Sinanchuan, defeated number 6, Serena. The semifinals for tonight, Wednesday, will be number 8, Putnam County versus Newark, the top seed. Then St. B, number 12, versus number 11, Henry Snatchewan. This will set up a regional final between the winners, 6 p.m. Thursday. In the Polo Regional quarterfinal, number 9, Polo, upset number 5, Milledgeville. The semifinals for tonight are number two, Newman, versus number seven, Eastland, and number nine, Polo, versus number three, Fulton. And the same thing, the regional final, 6 p.m. Thursday, between the winners of tonight's contest. Ah, I love volleyball. In Class 1A, there's a lot going on, a lot of movers, shakers, and regional final championships to be had. Hey, Mendota, Ottawa, Amboy, Sterling, Rock Falls. Surf's fiber internet is more reliable and 50 times faster than cable. Get one gig speed and two free Eero whole home Wi-Fi routers for only $85 a month. No contracts and free installation at a price that's locked for life. That's right, the price you pay today won't jump up each year like cable. We're expanding to more neighborhoods every day. So visit surfinternet.com to check your address. Or call 844-955-SURF for details. That's 844-955-SURF. Limited time offer, restrictions apply. Let's move on to Volleyball Class 2A in the Farmington Subsectional A, Orion Regional, quarterfinal. Number 8, Kiwani lost to number 7, Riverdale. In the Subsection B in Farmington, Hall Regional, 
quarterfinal, number eight, Barrel Valley, the Storm, knocked off number 10, the Hall Lady Red Devils. In the two semifinals, Barrel Valley fell to number two, Sherrard, and number six, Princeton, lost to number three, Rock Ridge. In the 2A Winnebago subsection A, the Rock Falls Regional, quarterfinals, number eight, Sandwich, lost to number nine, Stillman Valley. Number 10, Mendota, lost to number 7, Prophetstown. In a semifinal, number 4, Oregon, beat Prophetstown. This sets up a regional final, 7 p.m. Friday, between the top-seeded Rock Falls and number 4, Oregon. Did miss this one here? Let's rewind. Farmington subsectional B, West Carroll Regional in a quarterfinal, number 11, Byron, lost to number 6, Winnebago. Can't forget about the Lady Tigers here. We got to put them back in there. The 2A Prairie Central subsection A, Hersher Regional. In a quarterfinal, number nine, Hersher beat number 11, Clifton Central. However, Hersher got to the semifinal and lost to number two, Mantino. In the Prairie Central subsection B, Seneca Regional. Quarterfinal action saw number seven, Reed Custer lose to number eight, Piatone. And number 10, Pontiac, defeating number 6, Wilmington. Semifinals. Number 1, Cole City, was upset by number 8, Piatone. Piatone knocking off Reed Custer and Cole City. In another semifinal, Pontiac keeps on their winning ways as they upset number 4, Seneca. Pontiac plays number 8, Piatone, in the regional final, 6 p.m. Thursday. In the Fieldcrest Regional, semifinal action, Number three, Fieldcrest beat number five, El Paso Gridley. With that rivalry, I know that was a good one. This sets up a regional final, the championship, at 6 p.m. Thursday against Tri-Valley for the Fieldcrest Knights. That is all the 2A action. Let's go to 3A, Joliet Catholic subsection A, the Kankakee Regional. Semi-final, number 13, Plano, fell to number four, Providence Catholic. And the... Joliet Catholic subsection B, Morris Regional. Semifinals, number three, Morris beat Thornton to set up the regional final against number five, Chicago Marion at 6 p.m. Thursday. Burlington Central subsection B, the Rochelle Regional. In a quarterfinal, number eight, Sycamore defeated number nine, Freeport. However, in a semifinal, the Lady Spartans fell to number one, Caneland. But in another semifinal, one of our teams won as number five Rochelle knocked out number four Fenton. This sets up regional final, the championship, 6 p.m. Friday between Rochelle and Caneland. The LP subsection A, the Dixon Regional. In a semifinal, number one Dixon beat number eight Ottawa. In another semifinal, number seven Streeter fell to number four Galesburg. This sets up Dixon versus Galesburg. For the regional championship, 6 p.m. Thursday. The Geneseo Regional in a semifinal, number six, Sterling, fell to number two, Rock Island. Number five, LaSalle, Peru, the Lady Cavaliers, upset number three, Geneseo. So LPs in the regional final against Rock Island, 6 p.m. Thursday. In 4A, the Big Dogs, the Harlem Sectional, Sub B, the South Elgin Regional in a semifinal, number four, DeKalb, defeated number five, South Elgin. The Lady Barbs are in the regional final against number one, St. Charles North, 6 p.m. Thursday. 
Lots of volleyball action to digest, to love, to cherish. It's a great time. I wish this postseason could last forever because it's it's amazing. Throw in football, throw in soccer, throw in tennis, and whew, I love me some fall sports. What we also love is an awesome home. Decked out, pimped out, looking beautiful. And what's crazy is, even though it's getting a little colder, a little windier, you know, you can still make the changes, the renovations to make these things happen. Through the cold, the ice, the snow, the gloomy skies, you can still get new tiling. Put on a fresh coat of paint, new drywall, new electrical outlets, all kinds of renovations. And the right guys to do it are at Olson Construction, a licensed and insured family-owned and operated company that prides itself in offering family prices with family honesty on any job. Brothers Keith Milas and Tommy Olson have the skills and over 10 years of experience each to install, demolish, build, recreate, calculate, and formulate renovations in any room, hallway, staircase, garage, shed, or basement. For a free estimate, call 815-910-5982. Check out the Olson Construction LLC page on Facebook or send an email to olsonconstruction19 at gmail.com. This leads us to football. Let's go over week nine scores, then we'll break down the brackets, and then we'll wrap up the show. Week nine. Eight-man football, Amboy Lamoille, Ohio, fell to West Central, 68-30. Amboy was entering at 7-1, West Central was 8-0. It was the battle of the battles, and West Central did not play around. They're a really, really talented eight-man football team. Flanagan, Cornell, Woodland lost to Cambridge. Polo defeated Freeport Aquin, 66-22. In 11-man football, Reed Custer, 58. Hersher, 7. Cole City, 41. Streeter, 14. Byron, 62. Rockford Christian, 0. Dixon, 49. Rock Falls, 0. Oregon fell to North Boone, 46-20. DeKalb defeated Wabonzi Valley, 28-3. Seneca defeated Dwight Gardner South Wilmington, 48-0. Geneseo lost to Moline, 42-13. Sterling, 63, United Township, 33. Kiwani, 10, Newman, 7. Hall, 44, Burl Valley, 34. St. Bede, 39, Mendota, 20. Princeton, 48, Monmouth Roseville, 0. I was there for that game. Augie Christensen, put it on him. 130-something yards, three touchdowns. Augie had a day. Anwan Wethersfield lost to Mercer County, 43-0. LaSalle, Peru fell to Caneland, 28-7. Sycamore defeated Morris, 28-0. Ottawa, 34. Woodstock, 9. Fieldcrest lost to Tremont, 26. Ottawa, 40. Sherrard, 7. Pontiac fell to Robinson, 40-16. Plano lost, 32-7 to Marengo. And Rochelle fell to Richmond Burton, a juggernaut. 41 to 20. That's the scores from week nine. Awesome football. And now it's going to get even more awesomer as the playoff brackets have been formed after the IHSA playoff show on Saturday. First round for class 1A. Number five, Anawan Weathersfield with a 7 and 2 record will play number 12, Rockford Lutheran, which is 5 and 4. Number seven, St. Bede, 7 and 2. Plays number 10, Forreston, at 5-4. and four. 
Number three, Marquette, has an 8-1 record. They drew number 14, Morrison, which finished the regular season 5-4. In the 2A first round, 5-4, Newman, which drew the number 13 seed, plays number four, Rock Ridge, who finished the year 8-1. That one loss was to Princeton at the very beginning of the year. 3A first round, number one, Princeton. They did draw number one seed with a 9-0 undefeated record. Will play number 16, Piatone, which finished 5-4. Reed Custer also went undefeated 9-0 to earn the number two seed. They take on Chicago Carver, which was 5-4. Seneca is number three, also undefeated with a 9-0 record. Plays number 14, Winnebago, which is 5-4. Byron was 8-1 on the season, losing to Stillman Valley in week one. They earned a number six seed, and they will play number 11, Lyle, who was 5-4. In 4A first round, number seven, Rochelle, which was 5-2, meets Dixon, which was 6-3. They are in the Big Northern Conference, so not a new opponent, but opponent that they do know, obviously, and that will be a close game. These two are... I don't know how big a rivals they are, but they've been playing each other for quite some time. Number 16, Geneseo, is 5-4, meets number 1, Carterville, which was 9-0. Number 8, Cole City, with the 6-3 record, faces number 9, East Alton, which was 6-3. Number 15, Hall, they are now 4A as Hall and Putnam County formed a co-op in the offseason. That bumps them up to 4A instead of 3A or 2A because of the enrollment size. So 15 Hall, which finished 5-4, and four, has a tough task ahead with number 2 Sacred Heart Griffin, which went undefeated 9-0. In 5A the first round, number 1 Sycamore, they also went undefeated at 9-0. They are going to face number 16 Chicago Westinghouse, which is 5-4. Number 5 Sterling, 7-2, locks up with number 12 St. Viator, Five and four. Number 16, Ottawa, finished five and four, meets number one, Seymour, nine and zero, undefeated. In the last game for 5A, number four, Morris, which was seven and two, meets conference foe LaSalle Peru, which was number 13 at a five and four record. Class 7A, first round, number 23, DeKalb. So the way 7A, 8A does it, They don't put it in different brackets. It's all the teams. They rank them all, which I kind of like. I kind of like that system. But number 23, DeKalb, finished with a 6-3 record, will face number 10, Moline, which was 8-1. So lots of amazing football to be had. And you know, Edge of Your Seat Podcast is going to be paying attention to all of it. If not, calling and broadcasting. I will be at Princeton for the Piatone-Princeton game on Friday at 6 o'clock. Tune into WAJK 99.3 at about 5.45. That's when we usually start the pregame with myself and my color guy, Jeremy Reed. As a business owner, one of the issues you have to be aware of is injury and liability to your staff. An injury can lead to open shifts because an employee is unable to work, a possible lawsuit, and other grievances at the workplace. SureStep Illinois is a woman-owned small business based out of Tonica, that is here to help eliminate those injuries and liabilities, which are the number one workman's compensation claim in America. SureStep Illinois is a non-slip treatment that will not change the look, 
texture, or appearance of the tile it's placed on, whether it's residential, business, indoor, or outdoor applications. The non-slipness has been independently tested in labs as SureStep has achieved the highest dynamic coefficient of friction in the industry. Competitors are slipping to catch up. There's absolutely no business downtime as the tile or floor SureStep is applied to can be worked on, stepped on, jumped on, danced on, two-step, right after the treatment is applied. SureStep by Illinois also offers strip waxing non-slip coatings for a little extra stick with some texture and look changes to the applied surface. Contact Mary Jane Orozco at 815-488-6565 to get SureStep Illinois today. Well, now it's time to hear football from our guest, Tegan Davis, the star quarterback, Eastern Illinois commit. He was great. We spoke to him before the Week 9 matchup against Monmouth-Roseville, and he was all business, but he was cool, super humble. Then we talked to Ryan Pearson twice, the pregame Week 9 interview, and then the pregame for the playoff game against Piatone this Friday. Then we speak to Ski Hartman about a little bit of everything, including the 3A bracket, the Tigers of Princeton, the Vikings of Minnesota, Chase Sexton, just break down a little bit of everything. Always a pleasure to speak to all of our guests. Good times, and we're just going to let them roll. So it's going to go Tegan Davis, Ryan Pearson, Week 9, Ryan Pearson, Playoffs, then Ski Hartman. So we're going to let them all flow together, and it'll be a great time. Enjoy football. Enjoy the first round. Enjoy all the sports we got going on. Edge of Your Seat Podcast will be back super soon to continue to break down these sports, talk some other things. You know, that's what we do. We talk. We have fun. Hopefully you enjoy. Send us some feedback, social medias. And don't forget to like, five-star, review, all those beautiful things on Spotify or Apple Podcast. Well, let's get out of here. Let's hear our Princeton representatives. Until next time, peace. Football season, every fall takes over my life, and I I absolutely love it. Love being at the games, whether I'm writing for newspaper, whether podcast interviews, whether radio. And this year, I have been blessed and thankful to be the play-by-play guy for the Princeton Tigers on WAJK 99.3. And I've gotten to watch our guest today every single down and his whole season. And as a senior, Tegan Davis is tearing it up. Tegan, thanks for joining Edge of Your Seat Podcast. Thank you for inviting me. Definitely. I mean, I've been watching you tear it up. I was like, this guy has to be on. If he tells me no, I'm going to beg him until he does come on. <laughs> I couldn't deny the offer. Oh, I appreciate that. Let's talk about the season, man. I mean, you are all over the place. Obviously, you're a quarterback. You can throw. You're very, very mobile. You can run. You're so fast. Defensively, you got a couple picks, a couple picks for touchdowns. You had a punt. Return touchdown against St. Bede a couple weeks ago. I mean, you can literally do everything on the football field, and you're helping Princeton cruise through the competition as you guys are now 8-0. Yeah, I try to do everything they ask me to do. Uh, whatever they told me, I try to do my best at. Honestly, I have teammates that can uh, help me dramatically. Surrounded by a bunch of good kids, that everything makes everything easier for me. So this year, I mean, at least from the booth and from the sidelines, 
Crimson makes it look easy. What is it about your team, uh, the gel factor, you guys playing together? What is it that makes it seem so routine for what you guys are doing, playing and play out? We do it also very well together. We're a very close, compact family. Coach up really well, game plan really well, and we always have parents for the games. What have you done for yourself, whether physically or mentally, to you know, make you the football player you are now. I mean, like I said, you can throw, you run, you make the decision of when to do these things and develop the play on the fly a lot of a game. What? How did you program yourself to be able to do that? I just watched a lot of football, having a lot of brothers play it. I've been around my whole life. Uh, my family always helps me. My brother, my dad, everybody helps me throughout the summer. They're prepared for seasons, and uh, we always practice stuff. I'm more prepared for games and just. We can go back to the Tigers in a minute, but you just brought up your family. Your dad, Spencer uh-huh. Davis, used to coach at Burrow Valley. Uh, your brother yeah. played. I know Wyatt was a wide receiver for Princeton. Yeah, he was. He graduated a year ago or two years ago? Yeah, my brother Kale graduated two years ago. He got, Wyatt graduated three years ago. Okay. And then you had a brother that was a quarterback for Barrow Valley, took him to the playoffs, yep. and then he was a walk-on at University of Illinois. What's his first name again? Drake. Drake. There we go. I was like, I remember talking to him. I watched. I was at that playoff game that Barrow Valley had. I was like, I, I remember him. So you've had guys around you your entire, entire life playing football, helping you with football, making you a good football player. Exactly. Uh, i quite blessed to have it. So really you had a cheat code. <laughs> Pretty much. Be able to watch and learn from it. The code might be in the DNA, but I say it's a cheat code. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> just kind of elaborate on that. I mean, you just said you're blessed with that. I mean, how often do you guys talk football? What kind of tips do they give you to, to make you better? One, your older brother being a wide receiver. Another one being a quarterback. You know, your dad was a quarterback and coached. Uh, your uncle Luke played football. I mean, you have so yeah. many different resources that you can go to. So we do watch a lot of college football and NFL football together on the weekends. And uh, ever since I was young, they've always coached me up on playing all these different positions. I've, uh, I've played a lot of positions, definitely. And I definitely think that uh, evolved my game throughout the year to be able to play so many different spots and uh, learn what it's like to play in those different positions. How is it with your brothers, the... Uh, I, I mean, we, we're all confident. We're all, you know, like uh, we want to be the best. How is it with you and your brothers? Are you guys cocky towards each other? Or are you guys like, hey, you know, I want you to do the best? Like, how is it with your family and the vibe that you guys have on the football field or, you know, just talking about football? Well, obviously, we're all pretty competitive, so we do battle out quite often and stuff. But we do always support each other and hope each other the best and everything. We always try to help each other out and, uh, kind of the best out of each other. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Is it one of these things where, like, hey, I'll beat you down because you're my brother, but if anybody else beats you down, then I'm going to beat them up? Is it kind of like that? Exactly. And I don't mean, like, physically MMA. I mean, like, on the football field or competitive-wise. Yeah, competitive-wise, exactly. Gotcha. And that's how it is? Yeah. I don't think I'd want to be in a football game if all the Davis brothers were on the other side. Yeah, no, it'd definitely be something to... That would be a cool experience. Have you guys ever, you know, all played together, like on a playground somewhere or, you know, outside of school? Well, we have played, like, games with each other and stuff, two-on-two football and stuff like that, or one-on-one. So, Kale and White and I played together in high school my freshman year. They were junior and senior year, so that was pretty uh, cool to be in. 
So you at least got to play with two of them. Yeah. That's awesome. And Drake, is he four or five years older than you? Five years older than me, I think. Is there any other Davis kids coming along? Uh, I have a younger sister. She's a freshman in high school. Okay. Yeah, she's doing volleyball right now. Uh, I'm start the basketball season this soon. Okay. She doesn't want to play football? <laughs> I don't know if my family would let her, so. <laughs> she got to play volleyball. We got to have some kind of different sport. Right. Can't have all the same sports. <laughs> yeah. Well, knowing your dad, Spencer, he would be okay with that, I'm pretty sure. Oh, uh, yeah, he definitely would be. She'd probably end up being the best out of us all, so. <laughs> That's kind of how it works. The younger ones, you yeah. know, pick up watching their, you know, the older ones, and then all of a sudden they're the best one out of the bunch when it comes to sports. Well, yeah, they get a lot of experience to learn. Yeah, no doubt. Well, you were obviously using your experience and what you've learned on the field this year. I mean, like I, I already said, Princeton, 8 0. Coach Ryan Pearson with this win over Barrow Valley in week eight picked up his 45th victory for the Tigers, making him the most winning, winningest football coach yeah. in Princeton history. How awesome is that for you to be part of that? Pretty cool. It's uh, definitely never been a part of anything like that, but Coach Pearson's definitely a, a great coach. He's always coached me very well, and he's done a really great job in this program, really bringing it up and keeping it on the incline. What is it about Coach Pearson that makes him such a great coach? I've never heard anybody say, like, hey, he does this wrong, he's a bad coach, nothing like that. It's always very positive. I talk very highly about him. Uh, I, I am blessed to talk to him every single week for pregame interviews for the radio station. I mean, and he just oozes football knowledge. Yeah, he's a football fanatic, I should say. He uh, studies football all the time, yeah. He's always around us all. He's a very family-oriented guy. He always tries to bring the best out of everybody. We're really fortunate to have him as a coach. What kind of coach is he? I mean, you know, I've heard him raise his voice a couple times in games on, you know, bad calls or things like that. But talking to him, he doesn't really come off as that kind of guy. He seems more, to me anyway, as like a player's coach. Yeah, he, uh, well, he's played the sport, so he understands what's all like. But he's still he's a hard-nosed coach. Uh, you got to give work to get work, so... We all always practice hard and uh, keep up tempo pace and got to give our hardest practice to really exceed the game. So he's a good guy, but not an extremely nice guy. He's going to make you do what you got to do. Yeah, he'll, he'll get what he needs out of your horse today. And I think those are kind of the best coaches. I mean, they're going to push you, yeah. but they're not going to overwhelm you. I think that's a good way to put it. Yeah, he's not going to break you down. He's going to build you up. Definitely, definitely. How has it been? I mean, there's other good players in the area. Mac Rosetich, John Brady, uh, Mac with Hall, John with St. Bede. Good quarterbacks, mobile, can throw, can do things, but they don't have the team around them like you do. Noah Laporte, Brady Byers, Danny Siaki, Augie Christensen, C.J. Hickey. So many options for you that you don't have to do it all by yourself. You have other guys to help you along the way. Yeah, that's a big part of uh you got to have a lot of uh, threats in games. Uh, obviously, we're blessed to have all those threats. you got a great line. They're a young line, too. They keep getting better every week. Look forward to watching them guys all play in the future and everything. Well, we're the sophomore. The rest of us are pretty much seniors. We all played together for uh, four years of high school career. We all blend together really well. And, uh, definitely fortunate to have those guys on my team. Is it hard for you to decide which way to go to? I mean, if you got Brady Byers, Noah Laporte, and Danny Sayaki all as receivers, and you got to try to figure out which one you want to get the ball to, is it kind of difficult from time to time? Yeah, sometimes. A lot of guys, they get open a lot, a lot. So sometimes it's just 
pick and choose and try to get her to the ball. I do want to talk about this one play. It was Friday night against Burrow Valley. It is 4th and 26 or 27. I think it was 4th and 26. You're on the Burrow Valley 47-yard line. A couple penalties that hurt you guys, moved you back. Mm-hmm. And on the radio, I'm like, they have, they've done stuff like this before, but this is kind of like a miracle situation. See what they can you know, come up with. You took like two, maybe three steps back loft it up and it was like you just placed it right in Noah Laporte's hands he grabbed it took two steps and he was in the end zone uh, we always have those plays we gotta have a deep ball and everything you know those guys really well get open and go to find the ball uh, sometimes I throw it up and I know they're gonna be there as a quarterback I mean you always want to have a good re- relationship with receivers and things like that but to have multiple awesome relationships where it seems like you know where to put the ball, and they know where you're going to put it. That's pretty awesome to have on the football field. Yeah, it is. Probably sticking a lot of work. We've all really bought into the system here, and uh, all really began to trust each other this year. I think we've all really gotten better throughout the season, going from week one to week eight, and uh, we get better as we go through the playoffs, too. I know we talked about Coach Pearson picking up win 45 of his career with Princeton. But this year marks the fifth year in a row that Princeton has won the Three Rivers Conference Mississippi Division. I mean, when I first came back around the area working for the News Tribune, Princeton was either not winning a game in a season or one or two, and that was it. You hadn't mentioned, you know, Coach Pearson turning the program around. How cool is that to be part of five conference championships in a row, and you were on the team four of them? really cool. I was uh, obviously someone I was a freshman, really a senior. When I was a freshman, I got to work from all those older guys and uh, see the uh, wins and everything come in and want to be a part of that program. Coach Chris has done really well uh, doing all that, bringing everybody in and everyone wants to be a part of this program. Uh, it's definitely a, it's not going to see very often on here teams that are really been this uh, dominant going forward. I hope we can continue to be dominant. I hope we keep building up and making the number higher and uh, now we got Monmouth Roseville week nine. Not a, I mean, still a conference opponent, but a cross conference as they're in the Rock Division, Princeton in the Mississippi Division. What do you think about these games with the cross conference? I mean, you see them, I think, every year for like three years, and then it changes, then you play the other parts. Is it kind of weird having these? non-conference opponents that are conference opponents and it's just kind of all weird. Um, it's definitely, I, I don't mind the switch and stuff of every couple of years because you get to go see different teams you get to every run to different offense you get to see all these different players. You definitely need it to keep on your toes and uh, get to learn all these new things about different teams and different competition. Uh, definitely helps out your team and definitely a good thing I feel like it would be. Is it good for playoffs? I mean, if you play the same teams every year in your conference and then, you know, you kind of get accustomed to them, is it cool having three games that you don't know the team or, you know, no very basics or, you know, you get to week nine, there's some film, but is it cool having something different, you know, getting you ready for the playoffs where you don't know what you're going to have? Yeah, that's a, definitely good. It's definitely that for the playoffs because um, playoffs, it's do or die, you got you're the winner, you go home. And you got to be prepared every, for every week. You can't 
come up prepared, and it's definitely good to see different teams throughout the year that you don't play all the time and get to regain plan and change stuff up for those teams. Focusing more in on the postseason now, I mean, 8-0, if you beat Monmouth Roseville, you're 9-0. Do you like going into the postseason undefeated, or is it kind of, you know, making nervous? Because, you know, now, like you just said, it's win or go home. So that first loss is going to be your only loss. Is that yeah. kind of mind-wracking, or are you like, hey, we've been winning all year, we just got to keep continue it? Yeah, continue it. Um, you always expect to go that the uh, regular season and go into the playoffs at the highest seed and pitch your playoffs teams and definitely have to get you some nerves but I think we all step up to the plate now. Definitely um, we'll play good for our one seed and hopefully our one seed and hopefully go deep in the playoffs and maybe not lose that ever lose it all and go undefeated out the whole year and that definitely be a big accomplishment. That would be amazing, and I am going to be rooting for you to do that the entire time because I will be there calling every game, and I would love to do that. Yeah, me too. There's one more play. I can't remember who it was. It might have been Hall. It was you had a keeper. You were trying to find a pass. You kept it, and all of a sudden it was like we were playing Madden and you were Michael Vick circa 2002. You went to the left side, took a step back, then you go to the right side, you spun, you did, I think, two stiff arms, you hurdled somebody, and then you went to the right corner of the end zone. Do you know what play I'm talking about? Yeah, I do know what you're talking about. Which game was that? Hall. That was Hall. It was Hall? Okay. Man, me and my partner, Jeremy Reed, are like, this is Madden. This dude is looking like Michael Vick. Like, it was so crazy. On a high school football field, I had never seen anything like that. What is going through your head? Are you, like, envisioning you doing these moves and the jukes and stuff like that, or is it just happening? Definitely all always seen those moves on games and stuff. Uh, yeah, sometimes you got to try and everything and see if it works, but definitely just kind of in the moment and uh, taking what was given to me and I just, that's what came out of it. You're like, eh, you know, it's just another day in the office, and I'm like, that's the coolest thing I've ever seen on a football field. <laughs> yeah, that was a pretty cool moment. Definitely. Do you have it recorded, or have you seen it? Yeah, I have seen it. Uh, we watched film and stuff. Yeah, uh, we had it recorded lately. When you seen it, what was your initial reaction? I mean, I expect myself to go or touch on everything, but uh, definitely a little bit of surprise out of me sometimes, I guess. I surprised myself, and uh, definitely a cool moment to see myself do stuff like that. Were you watching it with your team when you seen it? Uh, I had some buddies and everything sent it to me and everything, so I got to see it a little bit before and everything. But most of it watched over the team. It's definitely a team-oriented thing, and study of everything the team does, not just single players. So I got to see it on myself and kind of, I get to study myself a little bit, so I always try to almost grade myself, see how I do Definitely, because I know if I was your teammate and I'm watching it, I'd be like, who is this guy? This isn't you. What are you doing out there? Does it give you a hard time? But that was an amazing play, man. I, it's been three, four weeks already, and I remember it very, very vividly of what happened. It was yeah. so crazy. Yeah, definitely a cool one. Obviously, we've mentioned already probably three, four times that Princeton's undefeated. How does it feel, you know, senior year in the Three Rivers Conference? You're playing rivals. You're playing Newman. You're playing St. Bede. You're playing Hall. You know, these rivals. How cool is it your senior year to be like, hey, we've beat all of them? Definitely a way to call up my high school career of saying that we beat them all. So in the rivalries in the future, I can say my team, we beat, the, we beat those guys in the rivalries and uh, we're on the high note. 
No doubt. So after this season, this being your senior year, moving on, I know you committed to Eastern Illinois University. How pumped up yep. are you to play for Eastern? Uh, really excited. Uh, staff there is really amazing. Uh, the environment there is really, really cool. They're really uh, team-oriented. Definitely have a good future coming ahead. No, we've been talking about you as a quarterback and not really a defensive player, but as a, a D-back, usually a cornerback, sometimes you slide in safety. I mean, you've gotten interceptions, interception returns for touchdown. You break up plays all the time. I mean, are you going to college to play defense, offense? Are they going to try to use you on both? What is the game plan for you going to Eastern? They are recruited as both, so we go down and uh, find out kind of throughout this season, I'm going to figure out where I really want to play and uh you're like, I just want to go and play. Wherever they want to put me, they can put me. Yeah. Do you have a priority of being a quarterback? I mean, we all know a quarterback is the most popular spot on a football field. Are you like, hey, I just want to play. It doesn't matter. You're going to play probably safe your quarterback, but uh, definitely the talk with everything. So definitely we'll figure out your soon. Know for sure what spot I'm playing. Was there any other schools that you were interested in going besides Eastern? Uh, I was at Northern Michigan. Uh, it would have been cool players and stuff, but getting the opportunity to go play at Eastern and how uh, they treated me really well there and really invited me in there. I felt like a good fit for me, so never really could pick anybody over when I went down and they treated me really well. Definitely. I know in terms of college football, Still D1, but not really D1. It's FCS in football terms, but it is a Division One school in terms of, you know, divisions where you would place them. Was that a, yeah. a goal that you had on the list? Like, hey, I want to go D1? Uh, yeah, I definitely want to play at the highest level I can and really show my uh, skills against the top players I can play against. Awesome, good stuff. And, I mean, that's still a really, really tough level of football. I went to SIU in Carbondale, not as a player. I was a yeah. journalist. I got to watch the games and talk about them. I didn't get yeah. hit. But I seen the Eastern teams. I seen Joe Flacco. I think he was playing for Delaware, and he came in. And the level of players that you're seeing on that on that level, FSC scale, it's nothing to laugh at or sneeze at. That's really good football. Yeah, yeah there's definitely good players. Uh, there's good players there at Eastern right now. I'll be very fortunate to play with uh, Definitely good player in all around in the school to play, and uh, definitely a good time getting to play against all those players. There's a few big names from Eastern, right? Jimmy Garoppolo? Yeah, Tony Romo Eastern. Yep, Tony Romo was the other one I was thinking of. Um, Sean Payton, the coach, he was there, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure, yeah. So a pretty good football history background that you're getting yourself into. Definitely a good school to go to. All right, I asked you all the tough questions, or the football questions. You ready for just a couple randos? Yeah, that'll work. What's your favorite NFL team? I'm a Cowboys fan, so... Cowboys uh, fan? Yeah, my brother actually played 7-7 with C.D. Lamb when he was in high school. Oh, that's awesome. I've met one of the players on their team, so my brother played with him. So that's really cool. That would probably make me a Cowboys fan, too. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. (laughs) <laughs> awesome. What about college football? What's your favorite college football team? Uh, I don't really have a favorite college football team. I love to watch it, though. I uh, look forward to watching on Saturdays and everything, watching all the college games going on. I enjoy watching all the games and seeing all those players out there. Do you ever watch Illinois? Yeah, I've watched Illinois. They've been good this year. Really, they haven't turned it up. 
first time since 1983 that they've beaten Wisconsin, Iowa, and Minnesota in the same season. That yeah. is nuts. We almost done a good job there. Uh, having get a good team there. Yeah, definitely. I'm glad we uh, picked up the old Wisconsin coach, Brett Belima, and he's tearing it up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Do you like Cheez-Its? I don't really eat them very often. I don't mind them. can't say I really like them that much, but they're all right. I had to ask you the random of randomest questions because I'm looking at a box of Cheez-Its. I was like, huh, wonder if Tegan likes these. <laughs> yeah, I don't eat them very often, but I mean, well, they're not a bad snack. One last rando. We're about to go into Halloween, or actually, holiday season. Halloween Thanksgiving, Christmas, bam, 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 October, November, December. Which is your favorite? I like Thanksgiving because everybody loves going to Thanksgiving food. I do love some Thanksgiving, and you're a big football guy uh, in a football yeah. house, so I'm guessing it's food and football. Yeah, we have a big dinner with the family and get to watch some football. There's nothing better than that. Nothing better than that. Awesome. Well, there's nothing better than what... Princeton football and Tegan Davis has been able to do on the field. You guys have been awesome. 8 and 0 currently. We'll try to end the regular season undefeated against Monmouth Roseville on Friday. Tegan, watching you calling the games has been amazing and I can't wait to continue to do it for the rest of the regular season and the postseason. Thank you for joining Edge of Your Seat podcast and talking some football, some holidays, some Cheez-Its with us. Thank you for the invite. Definitely had a good time. We are headed into the last week of the regular season for high school football. As always, before a game, we speak with Princeton head coach Ryan Pearson. I'm Brandon Lachance, WAJK. Coach Pearson, one week left. We got Monmouth Roseville, and you're taking the hole there. What do we? What should we expect from this game? Well, I think Monmouth Roseville is playing extremely good football right now. They uh, they started out the year a little bit slow uh, just because of, I think they were still trying to figure out their identity. And it seemed like about halfway through the season, uh, they completely scrapped uh, everything they were doing offensively, defensively, and, and put in brand new schemes. And I think once they did that, you know, they've been playing some some really good football. You know, they had a, a huge win last week against Erie Prophetstown uh, to get them their fifth win and playoff eligibility. Uh, they had a big win, you know, the previous week against Orion. So um, it's at their place. It's senior night, homecoming for them. So I know emotions are going to be running high. I, I think, uh, you know, we've, we've got a battle in store. Going into week nine undefeated, is that a plus or a minus for your team? Obviously, you want to get to the playoffs. Obviously, you want to do the best that you can. But is it, you know, tough with the stress, the pressures of being a high school kid on a football team, not having a loss and, you know, trying not to make that happen? Well, I don't think that we necessarily focus on, you know, the, the big picture like that. Um, you know, we, we just try to handle it, you know, one game at a time. And, you know, the, the, the previous eight games that, that we've played early in the year doesn't matter. Our focus right now is 100% on Monmouth Roseville and, and going over and, and doing the absolute best that we can. You know, and if we go over and, and focus on ourselves and do the best that we can, you know, the, hopefully the results are, are going to speak for themselves. And, you know, obviously we would love to finish the, the regular season on a high note, you know, getting a big road win. But uh, I, I think Monmouth Roseville, you know, it certainly has a, you know, upset implications 
on their mic. Each week, obviously, you go into practice with you know, notes and what you need to focus on and, and what you need your team to work on, make the top priorities. What were some of those things from last week's win against Burrow Valley coming into this game against Monmouth Roseville, some things that you wanted them to polish up on? Well, the biggest thing that, that we took out of the, the Bureau Valley game was, you know, making sure that we don't put ourselves in long down and distance situations. I think offensively, you know, if we can stay ahead of the chains and, you know, keep just, just chipping away, you know, I think that that, you know, really helps set us up for success. We, we kind of really dug our own grave a little bit uh, just because of some silly penalties that, you know, put us really far behind the chains. And, you know, fortunately we were able to capitalize on some of those situations, but, you know, against, a, you know, a really good football team, that that's not going to happen. So we've, we've got to fix those things. And, and defensively, I thought we did a great job um, overall, you know, being able to shut down the run. Uh, I thought pass defense was good. But at the same time, I, I think Monmouth Roseville presents some challenges with their athleticism, you know, that, that we didn't see last week. So that's certainly been a focus for us this week. In my best play-by-play radio voice, you guys were down. It was 4th and 26. You were on the Burrow Valley 47-yard line. And I'm like, if they get this first down or a touchdown with this play, it's going to be a miracle. And sure enough, Tegan Davis takes two steps backwards, lost it in the air, and it was pretty much like he handed it to Noah Laporte, who takes one step in the end zone. And I'm like, well, if there's a miracle, that just happened. Well, we knew that, you know, at at Bureau Valley, it seems like every week you kind of go in and you get an idea of how teams are going to play you. But Bureau Valley came out and and they really wanted to play as man. So we felt like we had the matchups out on the edge that we really liked. And I thought, (laughs) you know, for one, we shouldn't have been in that situation to begin with because we shouldn't have put ourselves behind the chains like that. But, uh, you know, certainly everything worked out. Uh, offensive line gave Tegan good protection. Tegan threw a nice ball, and and uh, obviously Noah ran a, a really nice route and, and got behind his corner for for a huge touchdown. But you know, like I said, against a uh, playoff opponent, you know that those things those things can't happen. Well, with that win, you picked up number forty-five as a Princeton head coach, which is now the record for wins for a football coach at Princeton. I mean, that's got to make you feel accomplished, but I know you're a modest guy and you're going to say it's the players, but those 45 wins probably don't happen if you're not involved, coach. It is a very, you know, humbling honor, you know, to be honest. Uh, I've been very, very blessed, you know, over the last six seasons to have not only some great football players, uh, but we've had some great families and I'm going to be the first one to say that a head coach is, is only as good as the staff that, that he surrounds himself with. And, and I think I have a, a great coaching staff that, that truly kind of buys into, you know, what our what our mission is and what our values are. And, you know, they, uh, they're they not in it for themselves. You know, they do it 100% you know, because they want to make a difference in the lives of kids. And, you know, all of those things... You know, and, and every kid that, that I've coached, even from my first year all the way through, you know, those kids have all played a, a huge role in, 
and uh, you know me getting to 45. But you know, I appreciate <laughs> you know what you said. But you know, like I said, I I think I've been very very blessed with not only good athletes, families, and and great coaches to go along with it. Well, Coach Pearson, I can talk to you all day about football, about your career. I could do this all day, but I will get yelled at from WAJK, the guys behind the scenes. So I better let you go now. As always, go Tigers. I appreciate it, Brandon. Thank you. We have our playoff matchups. They're on the bracket. We're ready to go. We're talking 3A football. Princeton earns the top spot, the number one seed, and draws number 16, Piotone. The game is going to be Friday, 6 o'clock at Princeton. And as usual, before every game, we have Princeton head coach Ryan Pearson with us. Coach, what did you think about the IHSA football showdown show and you guys drawing number 16, Piotone? Well, it's definitely exciting. You know, our kids put in a lot of time and, and effort, you know, not just in the fall, but uh, year-round. And, you know, this is this is kind of that ultimate prize that, you know, you work so hard for. So I was very happy to see our kids, you know, be rewarded, you know, for their hard work and, and get a number one seed. And it's also, uh, you know, very nerve-wracking at the same time because you've got that sense of finality that kind of sets in and, you know, you, you got to make sure that you come out and you're prepared and you play well because it's a, a one-and-done situation. So we know Piatone's going to be coming over very battle-tested at the Interstate 8 Conference. They play uh, very good teams and then Reed Custer and Wilmington and Cole City and those guys. So uh, we certainly understand that, that we've got our hands full and we can't take anybody for, for granted or, or take anybody lightly and, you know, it should be a great atmosphere. Kind of elaborate on that one-and-done type feeling. I mean, you guys went undefeated in the regular season. What do you tell the kids or what do you preach to them? Like, hey, we have to continue this level. We can't back down at all. Otherwise, we could lose any time. Yeah, that's exactly what we talked about on Monday. Uh, we told our kids, you know, we're, we're very, very pleased with the results that we got in the regular season. You know, we, we finished the regular season unblemished, and, and that was definitely one of our goals and secured our fifth conference championship in a row. And the the other side of that sword is, you know, you've got one opportunity here. You know, any type of silly penalty, any type of misstep, any type of blown coverage, any type of misblock up front. I mean, I could go down the list of things we talked about. You don't have... Monday guaranteed to come back the following week and make those corrections. You know, those things have to be shored up and you have to come out and execute at an extremely high level because if you don't, there's a possibility you may not be practicing on Monday. I know that's a harsh reality, but it is a reality. And so we really had to address that on Monday and make sure that we were focused and locked in all week. And, you know, so far up to this point, our kids have done a tremendous job and we're, we're excited for the opportunity ahead. I know we've had this conversation before, but going into the playoffs, it makes you know a bigger impact now, now that it's one and done. But the penalty yardage that you guys have accumulated throughout the season and almost every week, what have you been talking to the kids about and trying to limit those penalties instead of shooting yourselves in the foot? Well, I think we've done a better job, uh, you know, especially over the last... Uh, two or three weeks. I think last week we only had two penalties against Monmouth Roseville, but at the same time, you know, one of those penalties was in a, a very crucial, you know, fourth down and, and, and two yard situation. Just we, we can't have that stuff. You know, you, you can't, you got to make those 
nothing. And that's one thing that, you know, we've really tried to, to focus on with our kids. And, you know, we've done a better job, but, you know, as a coach, we're always, we're always striving for, for perfection. And, you know, we're, we're going to continue to keep harping on it and, until we get it. So we're kind of nose to the grindstone kind of a mentality. After nine weeks of football, you know, injuries can set in, things like that. How is the Tigers, in terms of injuries and personnel, you know, still playing the game? Well, we were without three individuals, you know, over the course of the last, you know, four to, you know, two to four weeks. And we ended up getting one of our players back, uh, Brady Pacini, who was our starting senior center. Uh, He came back and and played last week against Monmouth Roseville and is, and is feeling really, really good. So we were certainly pleased to get him back. Uh, we're still missing two kids, uh, Jack May, who played on the offensive line for us, and Evan Driscoll, who played fullback, linebacker for us. So, you know, obviously those two kids are, are dearly missed, but we at least got one, you know, of the three back. And the last question, looking at this 3A bracket, I mean, it's loaded. There are so many quality programs in 3A this year. Does that kind of scare you, make you nervous, or like, hey, we're ready for the competition once you get to the 3A playoff bracket? Well, I think our kids are definitely up to the challenge. We know what we're up against. You know, you, you hit the nail right on the head. The 3A bracket, especially in the north, not necessarily the south, is just absolutely loaded. And it's kind of that... One game at a time, you know, the, the Nick Saban mentality. We just need to focus on us, make sure that we are being the best versions of ourselves. Not only is that going to help us, but it's going to help our team. And right now, everything that we're focusing on is Piatone. And, you know, hopefully we come over and, and take care of business on Friday. You know, then we can start focusing on the winner of Genoa Kingston and, and Elmwood Brimfield. So that's really kind of been our mindset. Let's just focus on us. And, and the task that's in front of us right now, which is Piatone. Well, WAJK will definitely be there to cover the playoffs, just like we've been covering every other Tigers game. And as always, go Tigers. I appreciate it. Thank you, Brandon. At least once every NFL season, we got to have our friend, Mendota Ford's Ski Hartman on to talk some football, whether it's high school, college, pros, and he's got some other stuff going on. Ski. Thank you for joining us, as always. Not a problem. It's a pleasure being on the show again. It's been a while. I know. we got to get you on more frequently, but we've had some uh, lots of stuff going on at Edge of Your Seat Podcast, to say the least. Oh, yeah. It's, everybody's busy. You know, I know how that goes. Definitely. Throw in a concussion from falling downstairs and COVID twice, and, you know, you got you got some delays here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, I mean, like I said, I mean, we've talked about this before with all the kids I have and all the things I've got going on at home, too. It's tough for me to break away, too. Yeah, no doubt. But you got the day off. How did you get a day off from Mendota Ford today? Um, I usually get one day off a week, which is usually Wednesdays. It just depends on what the week brings. So Awesome. Well, thank you for using some of your uh, day off to speak with us. Oh, like I said, it's always a pleasure. Let's jump right into the NFL. The Vikings are 5-1. and one. I know you're a huge Vikings fan, and you might have expected that, but me, being just a general football fan, and of course, you know, Bears, my favorite team, I did not think the Vikings would start this hot. You know, and to be honest with you, I didn't either. I mean, they got a new head coach. They've got good weapons. I mean, Justin Jefferson's one of the best wide receivers in the league. Dalvin Cook's the top ten running back. 
you know, the offensive line's still struggling a little bit, and the defense has been a little skeptical, but they f- keep finding ways to win games. And that's, I mean, that's what it takes. The only thing is, is as long as we can stay out of the primetime games, like the Monday Night Football games, we'll be okay, because Kirk Cousins is 2-10 and 10 on Monday Night Football. Kirk Cousins is who I go to first. I will never call him a good quarterback, but for somehow, some reason, he makes good plays, he can see the field, and when he's got somebody like Jefferson or Thielen to throw to, all of a sudden he's looking like he's a top-five quarterback in the league. Well, if you look at stats, strictly stats, he's been a top-ten quarterback his whole career. His win percentage is not there. And that's and that's what I think with the play calling and stuff from the new coach has helped him quite a bit this year. It's, it's kind of let him open it up a little bit. I read something the other day where Minnesota leads the league in points scored in the last four minutes of the half. Last year and the years before with the old coach, they would you know take knees and just try to run the clock out and not score in those last two to four minutes of the half. There was no sense of urgency there, and I think that's been the difference this year versus the last few years. Who they got this week? Arizona? Arizona in Arizona, I believe. Is Minnesota a good warm weather type of team? Well, they went to Miami and won. Don't get me wrong. It was against their third-string quarterback. Minnesota can win every game they play as long as it's on not on Monday night, but they could lose every game they play too because they keep everything close. I took the wife to the uh, – Vikings-Bears game in Minneapolis two weeks ago. And it was the same thing. We were at halftime. Everybody thought the game was over. And all of a sudden, the Bears are winning, and we got to come back and win with less than four minutes to go in the game. Yeah, that was crazy. I was watching that, too. Like, what is going on? I was kind of happy, but (laughs) I was watching, and I'm just like, man, this is uh, quite a roller coaster of a game. Yeah, second half definitely was. First half was Vikings dominance. I mean, at one point, Kirk Cousins, I believe, was 17-17. To start that game. And then he wasn't. But then he wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> At 5-1, they lead the NFC North. And coming into the season, I didn't think it was going to be the Bears. I knew it was not going to be the Lions. So it was between the Packers and Vikings. And, I mean, we still have an Aaron Rodgers and a couple of the other players that they have. I'm like, oh, Packers probably got the division. But the Vikings beat the Packers already and had pretty much – said, hey, you know, the North is ours unless you're going to try to take it. Yeah, I mean, I do a lot of fantasy football, football, which you know because you're in my league. I watch a lot of football, a lot of the preseason stuff. And, and I mean, there was people that picked the Vikings to win the division. There was people that picked Vikings to get last in the division. But pretty much everybody had the, the Packers as one or two in the division. They have the same record as the Bears right now. And I think the Bears are playing better football than the Packers are right now. I, of course, agree with this. Our defense, especially the pass defense, has been extremely tough. And that's what helped you guys against against the Vikings was, you know, you kind of shut us down in the second half. And, and Minnesota's a passing team now instead of a running team like they have been for the last 10 years. Well, when you don't have Adrian Peterson. Yeah, we still, we still have Dalvin Cook, though. He's a heck of a running back. Oh, I don't even know who that guy is. no he's pretty awesome too i say agent peterson he probably hasn't been with the vikings for 10 years probably not no but cook has Uh, been an awesome take uh you know the reins from adrian peterson and he's been a top five running back at least the last five seasons yeah when he can stay healthy and then the good thing about is we have that alexander madison that comes in 
and spells him when he does get hurt. Let's kind of venture around the NFL. I mean, there's one undefeated team left, and it's the Philadelphia Eagles. No way in my mind, if you're asking me, we're going into week eight, which is the undefeated team, and there's only one. The Philadelphia Eagles are like on the bottom of my list in terms of, hey, they're going to be undefeated. I would have never picked them. Well, I would have never picked them either, considering they played the Vikings. I thought for sure the Vikings were going to beat them, but it didn't happen that way. Just so crazy, and Jalen Hurts is playing like he's an MVP. I don't think he's an MVP, but his numbers, the way the Philadelphia Eagles offense looks, and then their defense is just crazy. They've got the whole package right now, and it's just, it's, but it's the NFL, you know? I mean, look at Arizona started, what, 8-0 last year and, and barely made the playoffs? And then got whooped so, in the playoffs. Yeah. But they go, like, 3-7 and seven their last, the rest of their games, or 3-5 and five the rest of their games after going 8-0. I mean, yeah, you never know what can happen, you know? I mean, look at the, like you said, the, the parity in this league for teams that beat teams that you don't expect. You know, we were talking about doing our pickums. I can't get more than eight or nine right each week in the pick'em thing because there's so many upsets. Yeah, there's not really a lot of dominant teams. If I see the Buffalo Bills or I, I still can't even say the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm like, they're not going to go 17-0. and I don't even think they're going to go 10-0, and but it's like, who's going to beat them? It is just... Besides the Buffalo Bills, and they got beat by the Miami Dolphins when they were super hot. Who thought Miami Dolphins were going to start the way they did? The, you're right. The parody in the NFL is probably the most craziest variety that I've ever seen. Yeah, I mean, I'd have to look at I'd have to look at the standings, but the Eagles are undefeated, and I think there's what four one-loss teams: the Vikings, the Bills, the Giants, and maybe there's only three. Yeah, that's it. You know, and then there's a few two-loss teams, but the majority of the the majority of the teams are you know four and three or three and four. You know, right in that that range where they're just kind of average. You know, and who thought the Jets could win football games? I didn't even know they knew how to do that. Especially with the you know they had the backup quarterback. And I mean, don't get me wrong, Joe Flacco won a Super Bowl, but I don't think he's a that great of a quarterback. But yeah, I mean, their their defense is dominant. That that's you know that's we're talking like 2001 Ravens dominant. That's that's how good that defense is. I think. Wow, I mean, they're showing it. They're winning games and they're running the ball. They their line has held up and they're running the ball to move the chains instead of taking a backup quarterback and making throwing them throwing the ball 35 times, running the ball, playing great defense, and hey, we're winning games. Pretty tough blow losing Reese Hall there. That rookie running back from Iowa State is out for the rest of the season. They had that Michael Carter, and then they just tra- traded for that James Robinson, who's from Rockford Lutheran, I believe. Yep, I was just going to bring him up. I watched him play in Mendota his senior year. He was setting the, the record for IHSA touchdowns and rushing yards, and he pulled himself out of the game to break the record at home in Rockford instead of doing it in Mendota. I was there for that. I wasn't, but Trisha, uh, my office manager, her son played, and she she watched him live. And he had a great year last year. Jacksonville kind of up in arms this year, but I picked him up on fantasy football teams last year, and he was a big earner for me. So I don't see why he can't do that with this line in New York. Yeah, well, and it's funny because they had that, you know, Jacksonville is that Travis Etienne or whatever his name is. Robinson's 
Wisconsin without touching them at the beginning of the year and scoring more points, and then the last couple weeks they just kind of forgot about Robinson. Like, he didn't even have a carry or a catch last week, and I started him in two fantasy football leagues. Huh. And uh, now, like I said, going to the Jets, I think I think that's a good, good spot for him. No doubt. And Jets, I don't want to say they were a bad team because they had bad players. I think it was a lot of management trades, not bringing in players that they need, and now it seems like they're trying to, you know, move things around and be good again. Well, and I hate to say this because you thought the same thing with Cleveland, but the Jets have been so bad for so long and have had so many top draft picks that eventually they've got to start getting better, right? Yeah, you can't say bad forever. I don't think you can. Right. I mean, I mean that cornerback, that Sauce Gardner they drafted, I mean, he looks like, he looks like Darrell Rivas already. You know, and like I said, Brees Hall was been amazing so far. They they had, they they got that big, huge left tackle. Is it Mackay Becton? Is that who they got? I yep, think. Yep. I mean that that guy's a beast. And then they got that Wilson, the wide receiver, and then Wilson, the quarterback. And like I said, I mean they just they, you keep getting all these top players. Eventually, they're gonna start building chemistry and start winning. Sometimes it just takes some time and about eight head coaches. Yeah, <laughs> and, I, and I like that Robert Sala, that he would, that used to be the defensive coordinator in San Francisco. He's a heck of a coach. Oh, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Talking beastly football players, beastly football teams, and great head coaches, you and I have both been to every single Princeton football game. We got the playoffs starting this Friday. They're taking on Piatone as a number one seed, Piatone being a number 16 seed. What have you seen from the Tigers this year that you've enjoyed? Oh, I've enjoyed all of it. I mean, all but what, two games, I think? They're, they're starting offense and defense only played the first half because they were up so bad that they let their JV play the second half. And even I the JV is good. And the JV is good, too. Yeah, I mean, you know, I know you're from Mendota, and I work in Mendota, but our JV played Mendota starters and tied them 14-14 in the second half. Yeah, yeah. That's how good. That's how good uh, Princeton's JV is. I do. I do not agree with the uh, the bracket, though. I don't know how much you saw the the three A bracket, but it, Princeton's got a brutal road to even make it to the championship game. Well, I think the three A bracket in general is brutal. There are so many good teams, and I think everybody. I mean, if you're talking to a Reed Custer fan or an IC Catholic fan or a Genoa Kingston fan, I think everybody can say the same thing, that they got a brutal road. On the top half. Yes, on the top the, half the, for the, sure. The, the, whoever wins the top half is winning that winning the state tournament. I mean, you have, you have IC is ranked number one in, in 3A, and they got the four seed. They have to play Stillman Valley in the second round, who was ranked fifth in 4A. And they beat Byron, who last year was the undefeated 3A champion, and that's Byron's only loss this year, and they were ranked fourth in the state. So Stillman Valley is no slouch either. Right. And Genoa Kingston, if I think Genoa Kingston beat Stillman Valley. They did. They did, and lost to Byron. And they're an eight seed. Princeton's got to play them in the second round. Yeah. And they were they were ranked like ninth or tenth in 4A. So I mean, yeah, you have two 4A top 10 teams, plus you have the top four 3A teams all in the top half of that bracket because you have you have IC, you have Princeton, you have Byron. Um, who's the other one that's ranked second? 
that's in the bracket. I have it on my desk at work. But and then you have Seneca, right? Seneca got the two seed or three seed they're or the, whatever. They're the three seed. And they're nine and zero, but I don't know if they're that good. I mean, their competition that they played, I don't think stacks up to what you know some of these other schools have played, like Princeton or Byron, Stillman Valley. You know, all in the same division. You know, and Michael Conception. I mean, they play they play five A, six A, seven A schools, and they have one loss. Yeah, we saw that last year in the playoffs right. when Princeton played them in the quarterfinal. And we're looking at this team, and they all look like they were on a bus after the game to go play at Alabama for the Crimson Tide. They are a powerhouse, and they're well-coached, and they have all the right facilities and everything like that. I mean, not that Princeton's well-coached, too, and we have a lot of good players on our team, but it's tough to compete with those, those private schools like that. Yeah, this North bracket is loaded. We'll go down the rankings, even though we kind of already threw it out there. But one is Princeton, two is Reed Custer, three is Seneca, four is IC Catholic, five is Stillman, Stillman Valley, six is Byron, seven is Dupec, which is, is that Dupont, Pecatonica? Yep, yeah, that's where my wife's family's from. We got eight is Genoa Kingston. They play number nine. Elmwood Brimfield, which is always a good football team, they play them in the first round. Everybody has got a tough matchup. There is no easy gimmies in the north part of the bracket in 3A. I don't even want to do a pick em on it. I mean, you could easily have Genoa versus Stillman Valley versus, and then Byron versus Reed Custer. You could have all upsets in the semifinals. Yeah, no doubt. And you're talking about right. the South bracket being like, hey, there's only a couple good teams. The one that sticks out the most to me is Prairie Central. They played Princeton last year in the playoffs, and if they weren't running into Princeton, may have been on a deep playoff run. But this year, they're almost destined to be in the championship game. Right, and I, and I realize they're trying to do the North-South thing or whatever, but that's ridiculous. You know what I mean? To have, you know, Reed Custer, I think, is ranked second, right, behind in the rankings, not the seeding. In the in the three A rankings, I think Reed Custer's ranked second in the state. Correct, they are behind Immaculate Conception. Yeah. So you have the top four ranked teams all in the top half of that bracket, and that's brutal. They could have moved Princeton down to the bottom bracket, and maybe even Reed Custer. You know, separate those teams a little bit. It's almost like you're going to have the championship game in the semifinals. I, I think so too. I mean, like I said, I think whoever wins the North. Bracket is winning state, and it won't be as close a game as they've played already. You have to win three really good games in the North to make it to the to the finals. I mean, you're going to have to beat, you know, for Princeton to, to make it, they're going to have to beat a Genoa Kingston, a Stillman Valley, and a Byron or a Reed Custer. Actually be IC Catholic. Or IC Catholic, yeah. I mean. They would play the winner yeah. of Genoa Kingston, Elmwood Brimfield in the second round. And then in the round after that, they would either play Icy Catholic or Stillman Valley, is my guess, out of their out of their games. Because Stillman Valley is going to beat Monmouth Roseville, and I think Icy Catholic's going to beat King. So they're going to play Genoa Kingston, who is a very good number eight. You already said that, but they are a very good number eight. And then run into the number four or five, which are really the number one and number six in their rankings. Right, and like you said, in Stillman Valley's ranked six and four A. Yeah, not even three A, four A. Four A. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, Stillman Valley could be IC, and it could be Princeton versus Stillman Valley in the quarters. You know, 
like I said, you have Byron versus Reed Custer in the second round, and then what's uh, who's the seven? Seneca and um, Seneca's the three playing number fourteen Winnebago. Seven is uh, Pecatonica. They're playing Catalyst Maria. Yeah, see, I think I don't think I don't think Seneca or Peck is that good either. You know what I mean? I think I think that that's the easiest side of that bracket to make it to the quarters. Oh yeah, no doubt, no doubt about that. I'm definitely going Friday night to the Princeton game. So I almost called you or texted you during the Bureau Valley game. I went right after work and didn't have a coat, didn't have a hat, nothing. I was freezing. I almost called you and asked you if you want me to come up and help you do some commentating. <laughs> well, I have a, a partner in Jeremy Reed, but I know. you could have definitely been in the press box. I would have kept you warm up there. <laughs> Thank God my daughter was there, and I stole her stocking cap because she had a, a hood. So There we go. At least she kept you warm. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Before I let you go, I know you did some traveling to go to Redbud to watch our buddy Chase Sexton race a few weeks ago. Maybe a month ago at this point. Yeah, it's almost a month ago. Yeah, Chase came to Mendota two weeks before for the Megacross race and rode a few laps around Megacross and signed a bunch of autographs. And for somebody that talented and that great to be that humble and to come back and do that for his local community... I mean, it don't get no better than, than Chase Sexton as far as you're talking down-to-earth people. I mean, he talked to everybody, smile on his face, pictures with people, nothing negative at all. Everything was positive from his trip to Mendota. And then we went to Redbud for the Motocross of Nations, which in my lifetime, that's only the third time it's been in the United States. It was in Bud's Creek about 10 years ago. Was at Redbud four years ago, and then Redbud this year again. And I went four years ago and watched. And for Team USA to win it at home, and for Chase to ride the way he rode, that was it was amazing. Originally from Lamoille, he's lived in Florida for a little bit. Friend of Edge of Your Seat podcast. I mean, anytime he comes up here, all the little bike riders, you know, flock to him. And you're right, he's great with them. He knows their fans, and he he doesn't play the you know. Hey, I'm better than anybody role. He shakes hands. He says hello. He speaks to everybody. He is a great role model for these kids around here, even though he hasn't been around here in a little bit. That was my point is, you know, I grew up racing motorcycles. I was not anywhere near as fast as Chase was, is. But, you know, I had kids looking up to me when I raced, you know, and, you know, you're doing stuff for your fans. And, like, the fans pay money to go watch these guys race they buy their gear you know i mean i have probably four shirts in my house that have chase sexton's name on them you know and and i'm a honda guy and he writes for honda i have i just cleaned my garage out today got it ready for winter and i have five honda motorcycles in my garage i mean i'm a honda guy and he like i said he writes for honda and and i used to hang out in the pits when i was 10 12 years old and some of these guys would just come up and talk to me and just act like my friend. And some of these guys would just look down on me and, and be rude to me. And that and that makes a big difference in a kid's life on, on who you like and who you support and everything like that. So Chase Sexton, obviously building a positive fan base. Oh, huge, huge fan base. Like I said, and if you, if you follow motocross like I do, his interviews are good. He's never... You know, he doesn't blame anybody else for anything that happens. He takes responsibility for anything that happens, and, and it's all positive. You know, hey, I, 
I gave it all I had. I need to do better. You know, I'm going to do better. Stuff like that. You know, and and that's that's the mentality that you need to have. I mean, you you see it. You're an official. You know, you can tell a good coach versus a bad coach. You know, the coaches that coach one or two kids on their team and and don't care about the rest of them. You know, kids that you know coaches that belittle their their players or don't belittle their players that support them. You know, like I said, it's the same thing with celebrities. You gotta can either be humble and down to earth, or they can be jerks. No doubt, and it's awesome to call somebody from our area a celebrity. You know there's others that we could list and name, but somebody so young that's doing something he wants to do and doing it very well. Like, he's taken over kind of the uh, motocross brand here. Like, he's a top three every race he goes to. Yeah, I mean, he's won two East Coast Supercross titles, and he almost won a, a 450 outdoor title this year. He was part of the winning Motocross of Nations team. Those are huge accomplishments. I mean, the Motocross of Nations is like the Olympics for motocross. So it'd be like, you know, it'd be like somebody winning a, an Olympic gold medal, basically. That's fantastic. And thank you for saying the equivalent. You know, I knew what he did. I knew they won it. But I didn't know that it's that big a deal in the bike racing world. Yeah, I mean, because you compete. You, there's only three riders from the whole United States that are selected to race on Team USA. So of all the motocross riders, riders in the whole United States, he was one of the three guys that got selected. And you race against all these other countries. I mean, like Team France took second, Team Australia took third. Twenty countries that qualified for the the main show, the main race. So twenty countries, the top three riders from each of those twenty countries raced in this race. That's amazing. That is amazing. Well, Ski, it is always a pleasure to speak with you. We've talked some football some Vikings, some Tigers, and then talked about our buddy Chase Sexton. Thank you as always. You know you're always welcome on Edge of Your Seat Podcast. Oh, absolutely. We talked about it at the beginning. You know, for those of you that don't know who I am, I'm the general manager at Mendota Ford. We support Edge of the Seat Podcast, and we support our community. If you listen to my radio ads, I tell you all the time, we're a community dealership. It's here for you. I know car buying is a hard process. We try to make it fun and easy like we did for you treat our customers like family and you know you just don't get that from the big dealers or like the car vending machine stuff like that no doubt i had a fantastic experience buying my chevy malibu from you guys and i'm glad that we have partnered up and i get to say ads for you every single time i put out a show because it was a great experience and i'm very happy with this car yeah and like i said that's that's what we strive ourselves for you know a lot of people you know, just put you in whatever they want. They want to sell you. We ask you questions and try to get you into the right car that makes you happy, you know? And you put me in the right car to do Edge of Your Seat podcast chats because that's what we just did inside of my car. <laughs> usually it's the other way around. Usually it's you sitting at home and me driving my car. <laughs> yeah, it's usually how it goes. No, it's always a good time coming on here and chatting with you. Like I said, I love sports. I to go to as many sporting events as I can. Like I said earlier, me and the wife went to the Bears-Vikings game up in Minnesota. Had a customer buy a new truck from me yesterday, and we were talking sports like I do with most of my customers, and he's a season tickets. Uh, he's got season tickets to the Bears, so he was telling me, you know, that he's going to this game, going to that game, and then selling some of his tickets. And I'm like, well, you know, keep me in mind for the Bears-Vikings tickets. And he's like, they're yours if you want them. So... That's pretty cool, too. Yeah, I'm actually going to the Week 18 game in Chicago. 
Oh, you gonna bring some tissues with you, or? <laughs> I am gonna bring all the love and support I can for Chicago, even though they may lose. Ah, you don't know what's happening. You know, the Vikings could have already clinched the first round by, and they might not even need to play. And in that case, I'll be happy, and I'll pick the Bears to win. <laughs> More than likely, it'll be a good game. I mean, the, them two teams always play each other tough. And the Bears are picking up steam right now, so, hey, who knows what can happen by week 18. Yeah, it's a long ways away. For sure. Well, Ski Hartman, hopefully the next time we speak isn't a long ways away. Anytime, anytime, like I said, 